0: section 15 of micrographia this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org micrographia by robert Hooke. section 15 observation 10 of Metaline and other real colors having in the former discourse from the fundamental cause of color made it probable that there are but two colours and shown that the phantasm of colour is caused by the sensation of the oblique or uneven pulse of light which is capable of no more varieties than two that arise from the two sides of the oblique pulse though each of those be capable of infinite gradations or degrees each of them beginning from white and ending the one in the deepest scarlet or yellow the other in the deepest blue i shall in this section set down some observations which i have made of other colours such as metalene powders tinging or coloured bodies and several kinds of tinctures or tinged liquors all which together with those i treated of in the former observation will i suppose comprise the several subjects in which colour is observed to be inherent and the several manners by which it inheres or is apparent in them and here i shall endeavour to show by what composition all kind of compound colours are made and how there is no colour in the world but may be made from the various degrees of these two colours together with the intermixtures of black and white and this being so i shall anon show it seems an evident argument to me that all colors whatsoever whether in fluid or solid whether in very transparent or seemingly opacious have the same efficient cause to wit some kind of refraction whereby the rays that proceed from such bodies have their pulse obligated, or confused, in the manner I explicated in the former section. That is, a red is caused by a duplicated or confused pulse whose strongest pulse precedes, and a weaker follows, and a blue is caused by a confused pulse where the weaker pulse precedes, and the stronger follows. And, according as these are more or less or variously mixed and compounded so are the sensations and consequently the phantasms of colours diversified to proceed therefore i suppose that all transparent coloured bodies whether fluid or solid do consist at least of two parts or two kinds of substances the one of a substance of a somewhat differing refraction from the other. That one of these substances, which may be called the tinging substance, does consist of distinct parts, or particles of a determinate bigness, which are disseminated or dispersed all over the other. That these particles, if the body be equally and uniformly coloured, are evenly ranged and dispersed over the other contiguous body, that where the body is deepest tinged, there these particles are ranged thickest, and where it is but faintly tinged, they are ranged much thinner, but uniformly, that by the mixture of another body that unites with either of these, which has a differing refraction from either of the other, quite differing effects will be produced. That is, the consecutions of the confused pulses will be much of another kind, and consequently produce other sensations and phantasms of colour, and from a red may turn to a blue, or from a blue to a red, etc. Now that this may be better understood, I shall endeavour to explain my meaning a little more sensible by a scheme, suppose we therefore in the seventh figure of the sixth scheme that a b c d represents a vessel holding a tinged liquor let the group of eyes etc be the clear liquor and let the tinging body that is mixed with it be double e etc double f etc double g etc double h etc whose particles whether round or some other determinate figure is little to our purpose, are first of a determinate and equal bulk. Next they are ranged into the forms of quincunx, or equilateral triangular order, which that probably they are so, and why they are so I shall elsewhere endeavour to show. Thirdly, they are of such a nature as does either more easily or more difficultly transmit the rays of light than the liquor if more easily a blue is generated and if more difficultly a red or scarlet and first let us suppose the tinging particles to be of a substance that does more impede the rays of light we shall find that the pulse or wave of light moved from ad to bc will proceed on through the containing medium by the pulses or waves double k double l double m double n double o but because several of these rays that go to the constitution of these pulses will be slugged or stopped by the tinging particles e f g and h therefore there shall be secondary and weak pulse that shall follow the ray namely PP, which will be the weaker, first because it has suffered many refractions in the impeding body, next for that the rays will be a little dispersed or confused by reason of the refraction in each of the particles, whether round or angular, and this will be more evident if we, a little more closely, examine any one particular tinging globule. Suppose we therefore AB, in the eighth figure of the sixth scheme, to represent a tinging globule or particle which has a greater refraction than the liquor in which it is contained. Let CD be a part of the pulse of light which is propagated through the containing medium. This pulse will be a little stopped or impeded by the globule, and so by that time the pulse is passed to EF. That part of it which has been impeded by passing through the globule, will get but to Lm, and so that pulse which has been propagated through the globule to wit Lm, Pq, will always come behind the pulses Ef, Gh, Ik, etc. Next, by reason of the greater impediment in AB and its globular figure, the rays that pass through it will be dispersed, and very much scattered whence C-A and D-B, which before went direct and parallel, will after the refraction in A-B diverge, and spread by A-P and B-Q, so that as the rays do meet with more and more of these tinging particles in their way, by so much the more will the pulse of light further lag behind the clearer pulse or that which has fewer refractions, and thence the deeper will the colour be, and the fainter the light that is trajected through it, for not only many rays are reflected from the surfaces of A and B, but those rays that get through it are very much disordered. By this hypothesis there is no one experiment of colour that I have yet met with, but may be, I conceive, very rationably solved and perhaps had i time to examine several particulars requisite to the demonstration of it i might prove it more than probable for all the experiments about the changes in mixing of colours related in the treatise of colours published by the incomparable mr boyle and multitudes of others which i have observed do so easily and naturally flow from those principles that I am very apt to think it probable that they own their production to no other secondary cause, as to instance in two or three experiments. In the twentieth experiment, this noble author has shown that the deep bluish-purple color of violets may be turned into a green by alkalisate salts, and to a red by acid that is a purple consists of two colours a deep red and a deep blue when the blue is diluted or altered or destroyed by acid salts the red becomes predominant but when the red is diluted by alkalizite, and the blue heightened there is generated a green for of a red diluted is made a yellow and yellow and blue make green now because the spurious pulses which cause a red and a blue do the one follow the clear pulse and the other precede it it usually follows that those saline refracting bodies which do dilate the colour of the one do deepen that of the other and this will be made manifest by almost all kinds of purples and many sorts of greens both these colours consisting of mixed colours for if we suppose a and a in the ninth figure to represent the two pulses of clear light which follow each other at a convenient distance a a each of which has a spurious pulse preceding it as b b which makes a blue and another following it as c c which makes a red the one caused by tinging particles that have a greater refraction the other by others that have a less refracting quality in the liquor or menstruum in which these are dissolved whatsoever liquor does not alter the refraction of the one without altering that of the other part of the tinged liquor must needs very much alter the colour of the liquor for if the refraction of the dissolvent be increased and the refraction of the tinging particles not altered then will the preceding spurious pulse be shortened or stopped and not outrun the clear pulse so much so that bb will become ee and the blue be diluted whereas the other spurious pulse which follows will be made to lag much more and be further behind aa than before and cc will become ff and so the yellow or red will be heightened a saline liquor therefore mixed with another tinged liquor may alter the colour of it several ways either by altering the refraction of the liquor in which the colour swims or secondly by varying the refraction of the coloured particles by uniting more intimately either with some particular corpuscles of the tinging body or with all of them according as it has a congruity to some more especially or to all alike or thirdly by uniting and interweaving itself with some other body that is already joined with the tinging particles with which substance it may have a congruity though it have very little with the particles themselves or fourthly it may alter the colour of a tinged liquor by disjoining certain particles which were before united with the tinging particles which, though they were somewhat congruous to these particles, have yet a greater congruity with the newly infused saline menstruum. It may likewise alter the colour by further dissolving the tinging substance into smaller and smaller particles, and so diluting the colour, or by uniting several particles together, as in precipitations, and so deepening it, and some such other ways which many experiments and comparisons of differing trials together might easily inform one of from these principles applied may be made out all the varieties of colours observable either in liquors or any other tinged bodies with great ease and I hope intelligible enough, there being nothing in the notion of colour, or in the supposed production, but is very conceivable and may be possible. The greatest difficulty that I find against this hypothesis is that there seems to be more distinct colours than two, that is, than yellow and blue. This objection is grounded on this reason, that there are several reds, which diluted make not a saffron or pale yellow and therefore red or scarlet seems to be a third colour distinct from a deep degree of yellow to which i answer that saffron affords us a deep scarlet tincture which may be diluted into as pale a yellow as any either by making a weak solution of the saffron by infusing a small parcel of it into a great quantity of liquor as in spirit of wine, or else by looking through a very thin quantity of the tincture, and which may be heightened into the loveliest scarlet, by looking through a very thick body of this tincture, or through a thinner parcel of it, which is highly impregnated with the tinging body, by having had a greater quantity of the saffron dissolved in a smaller parcel of the liquor. Now, though there may be some particles of other tinging bodies that give a lovely scarlet also, which, though diluted never so much with liquor, or looked on through never so thin a parcel of tinged liquor, will not yet afford a pale yellow, but only a kind of faint red. Yet this is no argument but that those tinged particles may have in them the faintest degree of yellow, though we may be unable to make them exhibit it for that power of being diluted depending upon the divisibility of the tinged body if i am unable to make the tinging particles so thin as to exhibit that colour it does not therefore follow that the thing is impossible to be done now the tinging particles of some bodies are of such a nature that unless there be found some way of comminuting them into less bulks than the liquor does dissolve them into All the rays that pass through them must necessarily receive a tincture so deep as their appropriate refractions and bulks compared with the proprieties of the dissolving liquor must necessarily dispose them to impress which may perhaps be a pretty deep yellow or pale red and that this is not gratis dictum i shall add one instance of this kind wherein the thing is most manifest if you take blue smalt you shall find that to afford the deepest blue which cateris paribus has the greatest particles or sands and if you further divide or grind those particles on a grindstone or periphery stone you may by comminuting the sands of it dilute the blue into as pale as one as you please which you cannot do by laying the colour thin for wheresoever any single particle is, it exhibits as deep a blue as the whole mass. Now there are other blues which, though never so much ground, will not be diluted by grinding, because, consisting of very small particles, very deeply tinged, they cannot by grinding be actually separated into smaller particles than the operation of the fire, or some other dissolving menstruum, reduced them to already. Thus, all kind of methylene colours, whether precipitated, sublimed, calcined, or otherwise prepared, are hardly changed by grinding, as ultramarine is not more diluted, nor is vermilion or red lead made of a more faint colour by grinding. For the smallest particles of these, which I have viewed with my greatest magnifying glass, if they be well enlightened, appear very deeply tinged with their peculiar colours, nor, though, have I magnified and enlightened the particles exceedingly. Could I in many of them perceive them to be transparent, or to be whole particles, but the smallest specks that I could find among the well-ground vermilion and red lead seem to be a red mass, compounded of a multitude of less and less motes, which, sticking together, composed a bulk, not one thousand thousandth part of the smallest viable sand or moat. And this I find generally in most metalling colours, that though they consist of parts so exceedingly small, yet are they very deeply tinged, they being so ponderous, and having such a multitude of terrestrial particles thronged into a little room, so that 'tis difficult to find any particle transparent or resembling a precious stone, though not impossible, for I have observed divers such shining and resplendent colours intermixed with the particles of cinnabur, both natural and artificial, before it hath been ground and broken or flawed into vermilion, as I have also, in orpiment, red lead, and bice, WHICH MAKES ME SUPPOSE THAT THOSE METALLINE COLORS ARE BY GRINDING NOT ONLY BROKEN AND SEPARATED ACTUALLY INTO SMALLER PIECES, BUT THAT THEY ARE ALSO FLAWED AND BRUISED, WHENCE THEY, FOR THE MOST PART, BECOME OPACIOUS, LIKE FLAWED CRYSTAL OR GLASS, ETC. BUT, FOR SMALTS AND verditures, I HAVE BEEN ABLE WITH A MICROSCOPE TO PERCEIVE THEIR PARTICLES, VERY MANY OF THEM TRANSPARENT now that the others also may be transparent though they do not appear so to the microscope may be made probable by this experiment that if you take amyl that is almost opacious, and grind it very well on a porphyry or serpentine the small particles will by reason of their flaws appear perfectly opacious, and that tis the flaws that produce this opaciousness may be argued from this that particles of the same amel, much thicker if unflawed, will appear somewhat transparent even to the eye, and from this also that the most transparent and clear crystal, if heated in the fire, and then suddenly quenched, so that it be all over flawed, will appear opacous and white. And that the particles of metalene colours are transparent may be argued yet further from this that the crystals or vitriols of all metals are transparent, which, since they consist of metalline as well as saline particles, those metalline ones must be transparent which is yet further confirmed from this, that they have for the most part appropriate colours. So the vitriol of gold is yellow, of copper, blue and sometimes green, of iron, green, of tin and lead, a pale white of silver, a pale blue, etc. And next, the solution of all metals into menstruums, are much the same with the vitriols or crystals. It seems therefore very probable that those colours which are made by the precipitation of those particles out of the menstruums, by transparent precipitating liquors, should be transparent also. Thus gold precipitates with oil of tartar, or spirit of urine, into a brown yellow, copper with spirit of urine into a mucous blue, which retains its transparency. A solution of sublimate, as the same illustrious author I lately mentioned shows in his number 40 experiment, precipitates with oil of tartar per deliquium into an orange-coloured precipitate, Nor is it less probable that the calcination of those vitriols by the fire should have their particles transparent. Thus saccharum saturni, or the vitriol of lead, by calcination, becomes a deep orange-coloured minium, which is a kind of precipitation of some salt which proceeds from the fire. Common vitriol calcine yields a deep brown red, etc., A third argument, that the particles of metals are transparent, is that being calcined and melted with glass, they tinge the glass with transparent colours. Thus the calx of silver tinges the glass on which it is annealed with a lovely yellow or gold colour, etc. And that the parts of metals are transparent may be farther argued, from the transparency of leaf-gold, which held against the light both to the naked eye and the microscope, exhibits a deep green. And though I have never seen the other metals laminated so thin that I was able to perceive them transparent, yet for copper or brass, if we had the same conveniency for laminating them as we have for gold, we might perhaps, through such plates or leaves, find very differing degrees of blue or green. For it seems very probable that those rays that rebound from them, tinged with the deep yellow or pale red, as from copper, or with a pale yellow as from brass, have passed through them, for I cannot conceive how by reflection alone those rays can receive a tincture, taking any hypothesis extant. So that we see there may be a sufficient reason be drawn from these instances why those colours which we are unable to dilute to the palest yellow or blue or green are not therefore to be concluded not to be a deeper degree of them for supposing we had a great company of small globular essence bottles or round glass bubbles about the bigness of a walnut filled each of them with a very deep mixture of saffron and that every one of them did appear of a deep scarlet colour and all of them together did exhibit at a distance a deep-dyed scarlet body it does not follow because after we have come nearer to this congeries or mass and divided it into its parts and examining each of its parts severally or apart we find them to have much the same colour with the whole mass it does not i say therefore follow that if we could break those globules smaller or any other ways come to see a smaller or thinner parcel of the tinged liquor that filled those bubbles that that tinged liquor must always appear red or of a scarlet hue since if experiment be made the quite contrary will ensue for it is capable of being diluted into the palest yellow now that i might avoid all the objections of this kind by exhibiting an experiment that might by ocular proof convince those whom other reasons would not prevail with i provided me a prismatical glass made hollow just in the form of a wedge such as is represented in the tenth figure of the sixth scheme the two parallelogram sides ABCD, ABEF which met at a point, were made of the clearest-looking glass plates, well-ground and polished, that I could get. These were joined with hard cement to the triangular sides BCE, ADF, which were of wood. The parallelogram base, BCEF, likewise was of wood, joined on to the rest with hard cement, and the whole prismatical box was exactly stopped everywhere but only a little hole near the base was left whereby the vessel could be filled with any liquor or emptied again at pleasure one of these boxes for i had two of them i filled with a pretty deep tincture of aloes drawn only with fair water and then stopped the hole with a piece of wax then by holding this wedge against the light and looking through it it was obvious enough to see the tincture of the liquor near the edge of the wedge where it was but very thin to be a pale but well-coloured yellow and further and further from the edge as the liquor grew thicker and thicker this tincture appeared deeper and deeper so that near the blunt end which was seven inches from the edge, and three inches and a half thick, it was of a deep and well-coloured red. Now the clearer and purer this tincture be, the more lovely will the deep scarlet be, and the fouler the tincture be, the more dirty will the red appear, so that some dirty tinctures have afforded their deepest red, much of the colour of burnt ochre or Spanish brown others as lovely a colour as vermilion, and some much brighter, but several others, according as the tinctures were worse or more foul, exhibited various kinds of red of very differing degrees. The other of these wedges I filled with a most lovely tincture of copper, drawn from the fillings of it with spirit of urine and this wedge held as the former against the light afforded all manner of blues from the faintest to the deepest so that i was in good hope by these two to have produced all the varieties of colours imaginable for i thought by these means to have been able by placing the two parallelogram sides together and the edges contrary ways to have so moved them to and fro one by another as by looking through them in several places and through several thicknesses i should have compounded and consequently have seen all those colours which by other like compositions of colours would have ensued but instead of meeting with what i looked for i met with somewhat more admirable and that was that i found myself utterly unable to see through them when placed both together though they were transparent enough when asunder, and though I could see through twice the thickness when both of them were filled with the same coloured liquors, whether both with the yellow or both with the blue, yet when one was filled with the yellow and the other with the blue, and both looked through, they both appeared dark. Only when the parts near the tops were looked through they exhibited greens, and those of very great variety, as I expected, But the purples and other colours i could not by any means make whether i endeavoured to look through them both against the sun or whether i placed them against the whole of a darkened room but notwithstanding this misguessing i proceeded on with my trial in a dark room and having two holes near one another i was able by placing my wedges against them to mix the tinged rays that passed through them and fell on a sheet of white paper held at a convenient distance from them as i pleased so that i can make the paper appear of what colour i would by varying the thickness of the wedges and consequently the tincture of the rays that passed through the two holes and sometimes also by varying the paper that is instead of a white paper holding a gray or a black piece of paper whence i experimentally found what i had before imagined that all the varieties of colors imaginable are produced from several degrees of these two colors namely yellow and blue or the mixture of them with light and darkness that is white and black and all those almost infinite varieties which limmers and painters are able to make by compounding those several colours they lay on their shells or pallids are nothing else but some compositum made up of some one or more or all of these four now whereas it may here again be objected that neither can the reds be made out of the yellows added together or laid on in greater or lesser quantity nor can the yellows be made out of the reds though laid never so thin, and as for the addition of white or black, they do nothing but either whiten or darken the colours to which they are added, and not at all make them of any other kind of colour, as, for instance, vermilion, by being tempered with white lead, does not at all grow more yellow, but only there is made a whiter kind of red. Nor does yellow ochre, though laid never so thick, produce a colour of vermilion, nor though it be tempered with black, does it at all make a red. Nay, though it be tempered with white, it will not afford a fainter kind of yellow, such as masticut, but only a whitened yellow. Nor will the blues be diluted or deepened, after the manner I speak of as indigo, will never afford so fine a blue as ultramarine or bice, nor will it, tempered with vermilion, ever afford a green though each of them be never so much tempered with white. To which I answer, that there is a great difference between diluting a colour and whitening of it, for diluting a colour is to make the coloured parts more thin, so that the tinged light which is made by trajecting those tinged bodies does not receive so deep a tincture, but whitening a colour, is only an intermixing of many clear reflections of light among the same tinged parts. Deepening, also, and darkening or blackening a color are very different, for deepening a color is to make the light pass through a greater quantity of the same tinging body, and darkening or blackening a color is only interposing a multitude of dark or black spots among the same tinged parts, or placing the color in a more faint light first therefore as to the former of these operations that is diluting and deepening most of the colors used by the limners and painters are incapable of to wit vermilion and red lead and ochre because the tinged parts are so exceeding small that the most curious grindstones we have are not able to separate them into parts actually divided so small as the tinged particles are for looking on the most curiously ground vermilion and ochre and red lead i could perceive that even those small corpuscles of the bodies they left were compounded of many pieces that is they seemed to be small pieces compounded of a multitude of lesser tinged parts each piece seeming almost like a piece of red glass or tinged crystal all flawed so that unless the grindstone could actually divide them into smaller pieces than those flawed particles were which compounded that tinged mote i could see with my microscope it would be impossible to dilute the colour by grinding which because the finest we have will not reach to do in vermilion or ochre therefore they cannot at all, or very hardly, be diluted. Other colours, indeed, whose tinged particles are such as may be smaller, by grinding their colour, may be diluted. Thus several of the blues may be diluted as smalt and bice, and masticut, which is yellow, may be made more faint. And even vermilion itself may, by too much grinding, brought to the colour of red lead which is but an orange colour which is confessed by all to be very much upon the yellow now though perhaps somewhat of this diluting of vermilion by overmuch grinding may be attributed to the grindstone or muller for that some of their parts may be worn off and mixed with the colour yet these seem not very much for i have done it on a serpentine stone with a muller made of a pebble and yet observed the same effect follow and secondly as to the other of these operations on colours that is the deepening of them liners and painters colours are for the most part also incapable for they being for the most part opacous and that opacousness as i said before proceeding from the particles being very much flawed, unless we are able to join and reunite those flawed particles again into one piece, we shall not be able to deepen the colour, which, since we are unable to do so with most of the colours, which are by painters accounted opacious, we are therefore unable to deepen them by adding more of the same kind. But because all these opacious colours have two kinds of beams or rays reflected from them, that is rays untinged which are only reflected from the outward surface without at all penetrating of the body and tinged rays which are reflected from the inward surfaces or flaws after they have suffered a twofold refraction and because the transparent liquors mixed with such corpuscles do for the most part take off the former kind of reflection therefore these colours, mixed with water or oil, appear much deeper than when dry, for most part of that white reflection from the outward surface is removed. Nay, some of these colours are very much deepened by the mixture and some transparent liquor, and that because they may perhaps get between these two flaws, and so consequently join two or more of those flawed pieces together, but this happens but in a very few now to show that all this is not gratis dictum i shall set down some experiments which do manifest these things to be probable and likely which i have here delivered for first if you take any tinged liquor whatsoever especially if it be pretty deeply tinged and by any means work it into a froth the congeries of that froth shall seem an opacious body and appear of the same colour but much whiter than that of the liquor out of which it is made for the abundance of reflections of the rays against those surfaces of the bubbles of which the froth consists does so often rebound the rays backwards that little or no light can pass through and consequently the froth appears opacous again if to any of these tinged liquors that will endure the boiling there be added a small quantity of fine flour the parts of which through the microscope are plainly enough to be perceived to consist of transparent corpuscles and suffer to boil till it thickens the liquor the mass of the liquor will appear opacious and tinged with the same colour but very much whiten thus if you take a piece of transparent glass that is well coloured and by heating it and then quenching it in water you flaw it all over it will become opacious and will exhibit the same colour with which the piece is tinged but fainter and whiter or if you take a pipe of this transparent glass and in the flame of a lamp melt it and then blow it into very thin bubbles then break those bubbles and collect a good parcel of those laminae together in a paper you shall find that a small thickness of those plates will constitute an opacious body, and that you may see through the mass of glass, before it be thus laminated, above four times the thickness. And besides, they will now afford a colour by reflection, as other opacious, as they are called, colours will, but much fainter and whiter than that of the lump or pipe out of which they were made, thus also if you take putty and melt it with any transparent colored glass it will make it become an opacious colored lump and to yield a paler and whiter color than the lump by reflection the same thing may be done by preparation of antimony as has been shown by the learned physician dr c m in his excellent observations and notes on Nery's art of glass and by this means All transparent colours become opacious or amels, and though by being ground they lose very much of their colour, growing much whiter by reason of the multitude of single reflections from their outward surface, as I showed afore, yet the fire that in the kneeling or melting reunites them, and so renews those spurious reflections, removes all those whitenings of the colour that proceed from them. As for the other colours which painters use, which are transparent, and used to varnish over all other paintings, tis well enough known that the laying of them thinner or thicker does very much dilute or deepen their colour. Painters' colours, therefore, consisting most of them of solid particles so small that they cannot be either reunited into thicker particles by any art yet known, and consequently cannot be deepened or divided into particles so small as the flawed particles that exhibit that colour much less into smaller and consequently cannot be diluted it is necessary that they which are to imitate all kinds of colours should have as many degrees of each colour as can be procured and to this purpose both limners and painters have a very great variety both of yellows and blues besides several other coloured bodies that exhibit very compounded colours such as greens and purples and others that are compounded of several degrees of yellow or several degrees of blue sometimes unmixed and sometimes compounded with several other coloured bodies the yellows from the palest to the deepest red or scarlet which has no intermixture of blue are pale and deep masticut or piment, english ochre Brown ochre, red lead, and vermilion, burnt English ochre, and burnt brown ochre, which last have a mixture of dark or dirty parts with them, etc. Their blues are several kinds of smalts and verditures and bice and ultramarine and indico, which last has many dirty or dark parts intermixed with it. Their compounded coloured bodies as pink, and vertigris, which are greens, the one a pompigny, the other a sea-green, then lac, which is a very lovely purple, to which may be added their black and white, which they also usually call colors, of each of which they have several kinds, such as bone-black, made of ivory burnt in a close vessel, and blue-black, made of the small coal of willow, or some other wood, and cullen's earth which is a kind of brown-black etc their usual whites are either artificial or natural white lead the last of which is the best they have yet and with the mixing and tempering of these colours together are they able to make an imitation of any colour whatsoever their reds or deep yellows they can dilute by mixing pale yellows with them, and deepen their pale by mixing deeper with them, for it is not with opacous colours as it is with transparent, where by adding more yellow to yellow it is deepened, but in opacious diluted. They can whiten any colour by mixing white with it, and darken any colour by mixing black, or some dark and dirty colour and in a word most of the colours or coloured bodies they use in limning and painting are such as though mixed with any other of their colours they preserve their own hue and by being in such very small parts dispersed through the other coloured bodies they both or altogether represent to the eye a compositum of all the eye being unable by reason of their smallness to distinguish the peculiarly colored particles, but receives them as one entire compositum, whereas, in many of these, the microscope can easily distinguish each of the compounding colours distinct, and exhibiting its own color. Thus have I, by gently mixing vermilion and bis dry, produced a very fine purple or mixed color but looking on it with the microscope i could easily distinguish both the red and the blue particles which did not at all produce the phantasm of purple to sum up all therefore in a word i have not yet found any solid-coloured body that i have yet examined perfectly opacious but those that are at least transparent are metalline and mineral bodies whose particles, generally seeming either to be very small or very much flawed, appear for the most part opacious, though there are very few of them that I have looked on with a microscope that have not very plainly or circumstantially manifested themselves transparent. And indeed, there seems to be so few bodies in the world that are minimus opacious, that I think one may make it a rational query whether there be any body absolutely thus opacious for i doubt not at all and i have taken notice of very many circumstances that make me of this mind that could we very much improve the microscope we might be able to see all those bodies very plainly transparent which we are now fain only to guess at by circumstances nay the object glasses we yet make use of are such that they make many transparent bodies to the eye seem opacous through them which if we widen the aperture a little and cast more light on the objects and not charge the glasses so deep will again disclose their transparency now as for all kinds of colours that are dissolvable in water or other liquors There is nothing so manifest as that all those tinged liquors are transparent, and many of them are capable of being diluted and compounded or mixed with other colours, and divers of them are capable of being very much changed and heightened and fixed with several kinds of saline menstruums. Others of them, upon compounding, destroy or vitiate each other's colours and precipitate, or otherwise very much alter each other's tincture in the true ordering and diluting and deepening and mixing and fixing of each of which consists one of the greatest mysteries of the dyers of which particulars because our microscope affords us very little information i shall add nothing more at present but only that with a very few tinctures ordered and mixed after certain ways too long to be here sit down i have been able to make an appearance of all the various colours imaginable without at all using the help of salts or saline menstruums to vary them as for the mutation of colours by saline menstruums they have already been so fully and excellently handled by the lately mentioned incomparable author that i can add nothing but that of a multitude of trials that i made i have found them exactly to agree with his rules and theories and though there may be infinite instances yet may they be reduced under a few heads and comprised within a very few rules and generally i find that saline menstruums are most operative upon those colours that are purple or have some degree of purple in them and upon the other colours much less the spurious pulses that compose which being as i formerly noted so very near the middle between the true ones that a small variation throws them both to one side or both to the other and so consequently must make a vast mutation in the formerly appearing colour end of section fifteen